To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, and to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning on this third Sunday in Lent is the second reading, the epistle for today. St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. You heard it read before. I recall just these words. The message about the cross is nonsense to those who are being destroyed, but it is God's power to us who are being saved. As Scripture says, whoever brags must brag about what the Lord has done. In the name of Jesus Christ, my beloved. Do you know what irony is? It's a figure of speech. It uses words to convey the exact opposite of their literal meaning. Give you a couple examples. You're standing uh, on a street corner and uh, a car comes to stop at a stoplight, and the guy behind him doesn't stop, and, um, and he crashes right into his rear end, and you say to yourself, boy, was that beautiful. Well, it wasn't beautiful at all, but you see how you, it's irony, the opposite of what the actual word means. Or you go to work in the morning, and you forget to take your cell phone, and then you get to work, and you say, oh, was that smart. Or... Uh, you break your arm and you go to the doctor and he looks at your uh, clean break in the uh, x-ray machine and he says, boy, you did a good job on that one. St. Paul uses the word nonsense this morning to mean just the exact opposite. What is nonsense to the world is God's wisdom. And so when St. Paul uses the word nonsense, he doesn't mean nonsense at all. He means the exact opposite. And he encourages all of us to brag about nonsense. Did you ever brag? You know, there's, I think there's a bad bragging and there's a good bragging. Uh, the bad kind of bragging sort of goes like this. Come on, come on into my house. Let's go to my, down to my den so I can show you all my bowling trophies. Brag about yourself, not so popular. But there's a good bragging, too, when you brag about someone else. Bragging because you're so proud of them. And you just have to tell other people about them, even if they really don't want to listen anymore, and you want to tell even strangers. It's sort of like grandmas, you know. Uh, in the old days, they would have those accordion uh, things in their wallet to show all the, the pictures of all the grandchildren. Of course, now they just p- pull out their smart- smartphone and to- show it to you digitally. Most of the people here in Wisconsin like to brag about the Packers. 
After all, we say, you know, Green Bay is the title town. It truly is. We have four Super Bowls. We like to brag about the pastor, Packers. Looks like next year they might not be too bad, bad again because I read the paper this morning and they sound, signed Randall Cobb. And did you ever think about that? We brag about the Packers and we did absolutely nothing on our own to help the team win except perhaps to be a resident of the state of Wisconsin, spend three hours watching a game on a Sunday afternoon and wearing a green jersey. But bragging about the Packers unites us. Rich and poor, young and old, black and white, we're all Packers fans. And we're going to tell other people about them, about our pride, even when they will not listen. Now not everybody is going to accept our bragging. Try wearing a green Packers jersey uh, downtown Chicago. St. Paul was writing his first, let, his first letter to the congregation at Corinth in Greece. St. Paul was a missionary, and he had founded the congregation in Corinth in Greece. He, in fact, he spent about a year and a half setting that congregation up. And then he left, and then a whole lot of bad things started happening. One group of people in the congregation said, oh, I really like that pastor of our, our church. Oh, no, I really like that pastor of the church. And divisions were forming. And they would have fellowship meals, and, and, and some people would eat up all the food before the ha other half of the congregation came. And they were uh, worrying about the role of women in the church. And they were even bringing lawsuits against one another. And so St. Paul, to help to restore harmony and unity in that church, wanted to remind them just who they were. What were they all about? And in words of 2015, he was reminding them, you know, you're a blue-collar congregation. You're lower middle class. In fact, some of you were even former slaves. No Harvard graduates here. No multimillionaires. Nothing for you as a group of people to brag about at all, except one thing that united all of them, and that was the message of the cross. He wanted the members of that church to be so proud of the message of Christ crucified that they would go around bragging that to others, telling everybody, even people who wouldn't listen, even strangers. But he reminded them that not everybody was going to accept their bragging because the message of the cross is nonsense to those who are being destroyed. And so there it is, St. Paul uses that figure of speech, that irony, just opposite of what he actually means, encouraging us to brag about nonsense. Now you do realize, I know, that the unbelieving world thinks that what we're doing here this morning, March 8th, 2015, is nothing but a bunch of nonsense. Because God does things that the human mind cannot comprehend on its own, it can only be comprehended by faith. Some examples. God created the whole world. He made all of this something out of nothing. You Christians actually believe that? That's nonsense. We believe in the only true God, the Trinity. One plus one plus one equals one. That's a bunch of nonsense. It's not even mathematical. 
Jesus Christ, God and man at the very same time. It's a bunch of nonsense. When babies are born, they are already enemies of God. You Christians believe that? Nonsense. What you do is not as important as why you do it. Because with faith, it is impossible to please God. And there is only one way to eternal life in heaven, and that's through faith in Jesus Christ. You say that, and not only are you politically incorrect, they say that's nonsense. And a place in God's presence cannot be earned. It is a free gift of God's grace. Oh, come on. And so you see, the unbelieving world out there calls all of those truths that we confess every Sunday just a pile of nonsense. Now, God not only does things that the human mind cannot comprehend, he also does things what humans don't expect. When God wants to get something done, he does it in a way so that he gets all the credit and not us. He does that by choosing the weak instead of the strong. He chooses a skinny 12-year-old shepherd boy to take out a nine-foot giant. He uses a bunch of slaves wandering around in the wilderness to usher in the Savior of the world. He uses a little baby in a dirty manger to rescue the world from the chaos of sin. He uses a sweaty carpenter in a garden to be the redeemer of the whole world. And instead of accomplishing his mission by the prestigious, he uses the ordinary. What nonsense. He chooses a poor Galilean country girl to be the mother of God. He chooses 12 uneducated fishermen to be the first missionaries. He uses poor, smelly shepherds to be the first evangelism team. To get his work done, he chooses the despised and the undesirables, prostitutes, adulterers, murderers, Christian killers, beggars, epileptics, paralytics, and convicts, and you and me. God chose nothing to make it into something. God chose zeros, like you and me, to make us into his precious children. He calls all the time undesirables into his kingdom. Zacchaeus, come down! Young man, get up. Peter, follow me. Andrew, come and see. St. Paul says the world with its wisdom was unable to recognize God in terms of his own wisdom. So God decided to use the nonsense of the good news we speak to save those who believe. Jews ask for miraculous signs, the Greeks look for wisdom, but our message is that Christ was crucified. As Scripture says, whoever brags must brag about what the Lord has done. So are you going to brag this upcoming season? You know, spring training has started. Hope that the Brewers will uh, be four or five games better than last year. If they stay in first place for most of the year, we'll brag about them. And we'll probably even get one of those foam, uh, you know, fingers, number one. 
and then we'll hope that Braun and Ramirez comes through so that we can be winners, so that we can brag, and then finally we say, well, what kind of credit can we take if the Brewers do real well, except that we're from the state of Wisconsin, we'll spend three hours uh, listening or watching to the game, and we'll wear our Brewers jersey. But bragging about the Brewers unites us all. Just have to tell other people, even when they, they won't listen, even talk to strangers. Brag about nonsense. The message about the cross is nonsense to those who are being destroyed, but it is God's power to those who are being saved. And so let's continue to brag about what unites us. We're so proud of it that we just have to tell each, each, uh, one another, and even strangers and even people who won't listen, that Jesus died and rose again to set us free from the punishment of sin, absolutely free. And it's all yours by faith. Sounds like a pile of nonsense to the world. But it's the power of God to salvation for all who believe. God granted for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.